G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Can two walk together unless they are agreed? But when we walk with the Lord, Pastor Greg Laurie points out, we not only need to be in agreement with God, even further, we need to let the Lord lead the way. You know, when we think of walking with God, we want God to walk with us. Come on, God. Here's where we're going, God. Let's go, God. No, no, no. You're in a support role. You're not in the dominant role. This is not about you. This is about God. See, the idea of walking with God is getting in sync with God. This is the day when the lost are found This is the day for a new beginning Amazing grace, how sweet the sound Again you hear all the angels are singing This is the day, the day when life begins you have a GPS in your car? Did you know that you and your GPS can actually get out of sync? Now, for a moment, it thinks you're there, but you're really here. In fact, it happens more often than you think, but then it resyncs automatically. Now, it can't give you good directions if you're not where you're supposed to be. Today, on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us to stay in sync with God. He'll help us to be where we need to be and help us to stay in sync. But we need to let Him lead the way. Quick question, how many of you like to run? Raise your hand up, you like to run. How many of you don't like to run? Wow, you okay, you are my people. (laughs) I'm on the same page as you, I don't like running. You know, it was funny, when I was in high school I, I ran track and field, I sort of enjoyed it. I was good at short distance running, but as I got older I began to like it less and less, so I've sort of traded in running for walking. I do like to walk. How many of you like to walk? Raise your hand up. Well, that's good. Yeah, it's, it's great to walk. And you know, often my wife and I will walk together and she will, uh, you know, she'll say to me, let's just run to the end of the block. And I'll say, no, I don't want to. I like to walk. I enjoy, no, just run to the end of the block. And I don't like to do it because it's a trick. Because then I get to the end of the block, she'll say, let's go one more block. She's trying to get me a little more active. And, you know, and then, then we'll go end the walk and I'm good. And she goes, well, I'm gonna go meet some of my girlfriends and we're gonna go for a walk. Well, I will not see her for three days, okay? Because <laughs> when girls take walks, it's different than when guys take walks. I say, why don't you just call it what it is when you go out with girls walking. It's not a walk, it's a talk. It's a talk, that's really what it is. But I think you girls have it right in many ways with a talk because when the Bible speaks of walking with God, that's exactly what it should be, it's a talk. It's all about communication. When you say I'm walking with someone through life, you're basically saying that you're there with them through the the rough patches and the great times, the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, you're there to love them, understand them. And so when we say we're walking with God, it's essentially the same, but even more. And we're gonna talk about a man now. He was a world changer, and his name was Enoch, and he walked all the way 
to heaven. <laughs> Enoch walked with God, we'll see in a moment, and he was not because God took him. It's sort of like they would take walks every day and one day the Lord in effect said, hey buddy, we're closer to my house today than we are yours, why don't you just come home with me? But he's a, an amazing character that made it into what we call the Hall of Faith, Hebrews chapter 11. So if someone makes it into that place, we want to pay careful attention because Enoch was a world changer. Interestingly, when we come to Enoch, there's not a lot in the Bible about him. One of the passages is right here in Hebrews 11. Let's read it together. It says, by faith. Enoch was taken from this life, so he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away, for before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Another definitive uh, series of verses about Enoch are found over in Genesis 5, 21 to 24. You can turn there if, if you want to, but I'll just quote from them. It says, Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God and was not for God took him. Now, when did Enoch walk with God? Well, a long time ago. But I might add, it was one of the darkest times in human history. In fact, it was so dark it was so evil, it was so wicked that God actually said, I'm sorry that I even made man in the first place. And God was about to bring judgment on planet Earth through the great flood. So Enoch was living in the time before the great flood. So in a way, he was a last days believer. <laughs> Just like we're last days believers, but we're waiting for the fire, the judgment of God that will come. But even more, we're waiting for the return of Christ for us to catch us up in the air, to meet the Lord in the air as well. But here's the reason I bring this up because Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so also will it be when the Son of Man comes back. So he was saying these are parallel universes. They're similar times. And if Enoch was able to live a godly life at a time like this, you can live a godly life wherever you are right now. One thing we learned from Enoch is the same spiritual resources that he had are here for us today. We can live godly lives in an ungodly world. You say, well, Greg, you don't know my world. You don't know my family. You don't know what it's like to live in my neighborhood. You don't know what my workplace is like or my campus is like. No, maybe I don't, but you know what? I don't care how messed up it is, how evil it is. You can live a godly life in an ungodly world. Enoch proves it. Enoch walked with God. Uh, notice it doesn't say Enoch sprinted with God. You know, some Christians have sort of the burst of energy and great passion for the Lord and then they collapse in a heap or they walk away altogether, which makes us wonder if they were ever Christians to begin with. No, Enoch walked with God. To walk implies making progress. You're getting somewhere. As he hit the 150 uh, year mark, he could probably see he was making some progress. See, here's the thing you need to know. Spiritual growth does not happen overnight. It takes time. And this picture of walking is often used in Scripture. Uh, we'll read over in 1 John 1, 7, if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Romans 13, 13 says, let us walk 
properly or appropriately as in the day. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or sexual promiscuity and immoral living or in quarreling or jealousy. God is saying you're a Christian. Act like a Christian. Walk like a Christian. Behave as a Christian. So don't engage in drunkenness. Don't engage in immorality. But notice it also says, or in quarreling and jealousy. You know, we might pride ourselves in the fact, well, I don't get drunk and I'm not immoral. But do you quarrel? And are you a jealous person? See, those are mentioned as sins as well. Over in 1 John 2, 6, it says, he that says he abides in him ought to walk as he walked. Galatians 5 says, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So walk with God. Great to have you listening today. This is A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie and we're learning how to walk with God today, following the example of Enoch in the Bible. Thanks for joining us. This message is called The World Changer Who Was Out of This World. What does it mean specifically, practically, to walk with God? There's a verse that I think really opens this subject up beautifully. It's Amos 3.3. The verse says, can two walk together unless they are agreed? It means walking together as a single unit. See, the idea of walking with God is getting in sync with God. We could compare it to riding a tandem bicycle. Ever read one of those before? You know, one person's on the front, one's on the back. Now let's say that I was out for a ride with my wife and she's pedaling away in the front and I'm on the back hitting the brakes. Am I being helpful? No. We have to work together. We have to find the rhythm. That's what it means to walk with God. Or we could compare it to music. Uh, I don't know about you, but, but wherever I go, I hear the music. I don't just mean audibly, but I notice music I notice what song is playing. I'm in the elevator. I say, oh, they're playing this song. My wife is, why are you even listening to it? I just notice it. If I'm in a restaurant and someone gets up and starts singing, I notice them. And there's another thing I notice. It's when people go off pitch. I, I know pitch. And even when I'm not listening, I'll say, this went off pitch. Well, how do you not? They went off pitch, I'm telling you. Me and that dog howling. We both know this right now. And, and you know, so when you see people singing together and one's off pitch, it can affect the whole group. Um, I travel around the country and around the world. I've heard a lot of worship teams. I've heard some really good ones. And I've heard some really bad ones. And sometimes what happens is, you know, maybe the lead singer or the key worship leader is off pitch and then the other people try to harmonize with that person and they're off pitch and it's just sort of a mess of music, you know. So here's what we need to understand. God's always on pitch and if we're in a band, God's a lead singer. Okay, he's, he's lead, we're backup vocals. Okay, if we're in a band, God is lead guitar, we're rhythm, we're drums, we're bass, we're not the lead guitars. I bring this up because, you know, when we think of walking with God, we want God to walk with us. Come on, God, here's where we're going, God. Let's go, God. No, no, no. You're walking with God. God sets the pace. You stay in sync with Him. You harmonize with Him. You're in a support role. You're not in the dominant role. This is not about you. This is about God. To walk with God means two people walking together as a single unit and understanding that when you do this, your Christian life is gonna start firing on all cylinders. You know, Jesus told us, or actually Scripture tells us, I should say, that he that says he abides in him ought to walk as he walked. 
Really abiding and walking are interchangeable metaphors. I know they're different. One's movement, one is staying put. Abiding is sort of like planting a tree. But the concept is the same. Staying in fellowship. Jesus says, if you're walking with me, you should abide in me. And then Jesus said in John 15, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask whatever you want and it will be done unto you. See, when I'm in sync with God, I'll start praying according to His will. I'll be in harmony with Him and I'll start seeing a lot more of my prayers answered in the affirmative. Number two, can two walk together unless they be agreed? Amos 3, 3 again. Can we translate it? Unless they've made an appointment. Have you ever been late for an appointment? How many of you are chronically late? Raise your hand. See, late people never know they're late people. <laughs> How many of you tend to be on time or early? Raise your hand. See, you know. This is the problem with late people. They don't know they're late people. I'm here today to call you out. Here's how to know if you're a late person. You text, I'm five minutes away, and you're sitting on your couch in your sweat still. You're a late person. Here's how to know you're a late person. Your friends tell you to get there at eight o'clock a.m. and everyone else get there at 8.30 because they know you'll be late. Here's how to know if you're a late person. When you occasionally show up on time, someone says, what are you doing here? Now I know you have all your reasons why you're late. And, but it, when it becomes a pattern, when you're always late, when you become the late person that's 15 to 30 minutes late, can I just be blunt with you? It's kind of rude. Because people are waiting. And especially if you're coming to eat with me, I'm not happy. Because I'm hungry, all right? I'm waiting, but my wife won't let me eat till you get there, okay? I want, I go, Kathy, let's order an appetizer. No, Greg, that's rude, just wait. Kathy, they're 15 minutes late. Let me just eat, I'll eat it all. They won't even know it was eaten. <laughs> I'll remove all of it. No, no, Greg, wait, it's rude. 20 minutes, Kathy, I'm so hungry, I'm hungry. Yeah, Greg, just wait. Then when you come, I hate you. No, I don't hate you, but <laughs> it is kind of rude to be late. I have a friend, Bob Shank, you know him, many of you do. He has a saying, I like it. Early is on time, on time is late, and late is never acceptable. <laughs> you know, and sometimes we'll meet Bob and his wife Sherry for dinner and he's so punctual. And I'll say to Kathy, I don't want to be late. I hate it when I walk in and they're already seated. And in fact, let's go early and we'll get there and then I'll say, oh, you're late. And, and he's still there. I, what does he get there, an hour early? I don't know, this guy is so punctual. Okay, it's one thing to be late for an appointment with a friend. It's another thing to be late for your appointment with God. So you have an appointment with God. Can two walk together unless they have agreed or unless they have an appointment? God's made an appointment with you. You say, I didn't see that on my calendar. Oh, it's there every day. You need to make time for the Lord. And for me personally, I find mornings the best time. You know, I get up, I'll admit I have coffee first, okay? Because I want to be in my right mind. Then I, you know, read my devotions and, you know, and commit the day to the Lord. And this is something that we should make time for. You say, but Greg, I'm so busy and I, I have things to do. I have to update my Facebook page and I have to update my Twitter page. I have to check Instagram. I know you like to do those things. I kind of like them too, but you make time for what's important. Don't tell me you don't have time. You need to make time. Keep your appointment with God.
good insight from Pastor Greg Laurie, a pastor, Bible teacher, evangelist and author, a radio host, a CEO, of course, husband, father and grandfather. He's a firm believer in God going out of his way to choose very ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And he loves to highlight the world changes that are listed in Hebrews 11, the Hall of Faith, not the Hall of Fame. Well, next time, more from Pastor Greg's study on the life of Enoch, the man who walked with God all the way to heaven. Join us again then on A New Beginning. But before we go, Pastor Greg has one more illustration to close today's study. Years ago, I was in Hawaii uh, scuba diving. Now, I'm a certified scuba diver. I've told you that before, but I rarely dive. So I'm very rusty when I get in the water. But normally when I do dive, I dive at about 20, 30 feet. And uh, this was a really deep dive, at least for me. It was 100 feet. And I'll be honest with you, when I got all the equipment on, the mask, the... You've got the snorkel, you've got the regulator, you've got the tanks, you've got the inflatable vest called the BC vest, you've got the weight belt, the fins, etc. When I got on the surface of the water, I kind of had a weird little anxiety attack. And I didn't want to go down, but then I remembered, I already paid for this. <laughs> and if I don't go, I'm going to sit on the boat eating everyone's sandwiches. <laughs> and then they'll mock me cruelly afterwards. So I said, you're going to do this, Greg. And so I went down and I was a little anxious, a little bit nervous. And a friend of mine told me later, you were breathing so much air, just bubbles coming, bubbles. Everybody else, some bubbles. You know, and I get to the bottom, 100 feet down. And by the way, when you're 100 feet down, you can't just shoot to the surface or your lungs will explode. They expand. So you have to be very careful. I'm 100 feet down. I look at my air gauge. It's almost empty. I look around for the instructor. He rolls his eyes. I could see him roll his eyes even behind a mask. <laughs> Singing, what an idiot. Okay. He gestures, come over. I swim over and he points to the back of his tank. He has two tanks. We all have one. He has an octopus, not a literal octopus, but uh, they call it that. It's an extra regulator on a shorter hose. He gestures like, go breathe off my regulator. So I'm good to go now, but here's the problem. Wherever he goes, I gotta go. <laughs> And not only that, my hose is really short. So I have to do little shallow strokes like this. So he goes down and I'm going, whoosh, 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 and I'm just kind of hovering above him. And, and he goes up, I'm a little shallow. Very humiliating. But I'll tell you what, I can't just go do my own thing. I'm done, see ya, bye. No, it's his regulator. I have to stay in sync with the instructor. That's what we need to do. We stay in sync with God. For a copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called The World Changer Who Was Out of This World. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 